0: Welcome back. It's Joe's Rob Marsh. You listen to the Remsen S podcast, episode twenty, segment two. Alright, quickly before we get on to the next uh, portion of the show. Just wanted to like add a you know a few notes or quick thoughts on obviously the media day from the Celtics. Uh, you know, got forgot to mention Kimball Walker. Uh, he's like I said. He's such an under the radar guy. So it's like sometimes he, you know, we got all these personalities. Sometimes he he gets forgotten. Sometimes, but but I just one thing that's really what makes him um, so unique is just like I said. He's a he's a really laid back guy, and he's he's soft spoken out there. And he, like I said, his leadership is gonna be really. Um, Something that this team needs—they need someone that's more. That's not going to be embraceive like Kyrie was last year. A guy that's kind of, you know, kind of ha- brings some humility into the room. And I just think uh, Kimba's humility is definitely going to be the key to, you know, this team's success this year. And I feel like a lot of the guys operate in that in that realm. They're pretty humble guys. You know, you have Jason Tatum. You got Jalen Brown. They're pretty humble type of guys. They're not really, you know, you know. Sh- well, sometimes they can, you know, they can showboat at times. But it, for the most part, they're pretty quiet and laid back type of guys. So I feel like Kemba really relates to those guys. Probably the most flamboyant guy in the room is Marcus Smart. But, you know, obviously he's not one of the lead guys. You know, you know and then you have Gordon Hayward. Y'all. Hey, when Hayward has a lot of humility to him, you know his personality as well. So it's like, I mean, now you see everyone truly connected. You know, Al Horford had that last year. You know, he's a very, you know, uh, a humble guy. So that humility could could really bring Kimba a lot of a lot of fans this year. I just think that type of leadership where he like you know marcus smart mentioned in his his pressure that he basically just observes things and then he objects it when he when it needs to be said or something when something needs to be said then it's said and then like i said i was watching you know you know a portion of the kimball walker interview with uh uh christian christian ledlow i believe that's she uh she works for nba tv and She was mentioning, you know, obviously how the FIBA World Cup and how that um, was able to get the team some chemistry early on in the year. And I feel like even though they weren't able to win it, um, it still was important for those guys to be together like that. It was such a unique situation that they were able to play, you know, all in one team. So I just think, you know, I think Kemp, like I said, to really kind of end it and wrap this up, I didn't just think Kimba is going to, with his way of, you know, conducting himself and, you know, not really being a guy, a rah-rah guy, that could really, um, could really, sh- excuse me, it could really show, it could really push this team to lanes. Obviously, talent is obviously going to win out at the end of the day, but... I don't think, you know, I don't think this team is, like, a true uh, championship contender, but they're going to do well than people think. They're going to be under the radar, and that's, you know, that's how the Celtics prefer to be, under the radar. And I just think they're going to really surprise a lot of people this year. And I just think, you know, having, you know, like I said, this is the last time I'm going to mention Kyrie. Kyrie Irving's leadership, you know, him kind of really – you know, boasted himself and really being a guy that's going to talk your ear off and really just talk about stuff that really, you know, boasted his a- a- accomplishments. You won't hear that from Kimba because Kimba is just, you know, he's never been to a, you know, he's never had have been on a successful organization you know, he's been, played in a small market team all his career. So he's not going to feel like, oh, like, like I did this, I did that. And, and and it just, it created a lot of clash that when Kyrie was really saying those things, it was really creating um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, it, it it roughed a lot of edges. Let's just say that. And Kimba is, is not going to come off like that. He's going to come off like, all right. I'm going I mean, I feel like I'm a vet, but at the same time, I haven't been there. You guys have been there. Speaking of Tatum and Jalen Brown and and Marcus Smart, those guys have been there. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna interject to something that I don't know, but I'm still gonna give you something that I know that's best for the team, and and I know that what I can bring, which is his scoring, could really. Give the team uh, what it needs, you know, to be successful in the long run. So, just a, just a few notes. I just like I said, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I just feel like um this this team is going to be, you know, you can't really sleep on this team because of that. It's just this different dynamic that you didn't have from last year. That's really gonna, um, you know, I just think a lot of the and they have a lot of young players as well. It's, a lot of unproven pieces you just don't really know what this team could be but it has a ton of potential so i mean i'm and i can't wait to see the um a lot of the footage of the training camp training camp starts tomorrow so i, I can't wait to see all the footage of that you know see how taco fall does and i hope taco fall makes the team <laughs> but yeah like i mean see all the, all the other guys see how they fit romeo Langford got like to see how he does and you know, Carson Edwards, and and I feel like those young guys are going to really help out as well. You got Vincent Poirier, a few other unproven guys. Cantor, not see how he does playing on a winning organization. He's played on a lot of losing teams. So we'll have to see how all the pieces fit. But, yeah, to wrap that up, you know, Kimball Walker is just, I feel like he's going to uh, really be big for this team overall. And like I said, so let's move on. We'll switch gears. I just wanted to add that to it and wrap that up. So, and like I said, we'll have more Celtic coverage, you know, next week. So episode 21 will definitely really cover that, cover, you know, the first preseason game, which will be on Sunday. They play against the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, I'll probably be, you know, recording probably either Tuesday or Wednesday next week. You know, giving you um, a review of that game and, and see how the players did and and how they performed to start the podcast off. Like I'm pretty much going to do with most podcasts. Like I just mentioned early on in the show. All right, so let's, let's move on, switch gears. Uh, the Rims and Nets top 100 for New England class of 2020. Uh, like I said, we're right now on tier two. 20 through 40 I'm going to give you five players and maybe an honorable mention which probably be you know six players that I feel like are going to make an impact um I mean I feel like a lot of these players are going to make an impact especially when you're this high up in the list this is like I said I mentioned earlier this is like the creme de creme of the list this is like the you know, your top players that are, I mean, a lot of these players have gotten, you know, commitments already. As I mentioned in uh, last week, there's a lot of commitments, Terrence Clark going to Kentucky, which that's, you know, that he'll be a part of, you know, next year's New England top 100 for sure. I think he'll be like in the top five, top 10 for sure. He's already highly ranked right now, but I mean, uh, I'm going to mention, you know, a few other guys that, uh, They did get commitments, and we'll mention all that and also give them scouting reports and strengths and weaknesses and all that. So, you know, but stay tuned. We're going to get that started. And then obviously later on to end the show, we're going to give you the top 10 for uh, college basketball, New England top 10, get you one through four. We did five through seven last week, so now we'll, do wrap that list up with one through four um and like i said by probably by like i said i got uh far as the new england top 100 i got 80 through 100 on the website i got 60 through 80 on the website 40 through 60 i'll post that probably the end of the week for sure i'll probably post that in the week i know you guys would love to follow through with it just to see that list as well as the you know the podcast, but obviously you know I'm a little bit ahead with the podcast, and the website's a little bit behind with the list. But I'll get that forty through sixty together for you uh, by the end of the week, and that will be posted on the on the on my website rimsandnets dot com. You know, spell it out R I M S double N E T S dot com. Go visit. It's it's. It's really a good site. Like it's really a lot, a lot of information on all levels—high school, college, obviously NBA, Celtics. A lot of, a lot of Celtics coverage on there. So, I got you covered on all levels. So visit the site rimsandnets.com, or you can Google search it. You know, Google search RIMS and sign N E T S. So that's probably, you know, obviously that's the, you know, the original way to spell it. But, you know, the website can only take two N's, so it can't take an N sign. So that's why I thought of the two N's. But, but you know, obviously N, as in, you know, the N in the N, and, and then obviously Nets. So rims and nets.com. So go visit. So all those lists will be on there, as well as the college basketball top ten. I will post that, um, probably maybe the end of October, because got a little time. Um, obviously, the season, will, the NBA season, will start by then. But I still have a little bit of time. College basketball doesn't start to uh, late October, early November. So you, you got, I got a little time to really get that prepared for you. Get in depth, um, in depth uh, team previews of each team in the top ten. Like I said, we got gave you like obviously we gave you uh, pretty much really in depth, really explained every team so far. So it's not like I'm really, really keeping stuff for the podcast and then you know putting most of it on the website. But but as far as like if you want to know the whole top 100 for the New England prospects you got to visit the website because i I'm not giving you everything on on the podcast i'm just probably going to give you a few players that i'm going to mention right now so let's get that started um like i have a few notes but we'll get to the first player um the first player that i felt you know is definitely going to make a make a solid impact next year this upcoming year is uh, Mikey Gray. Um, I have him at thirty-seven on my list. Let's get the scouting report on him, Mikey Gray. So Mikey Gray, he goes to Putnam Academy in Connecticut, probably one of the top, um, probably the top, you know, prep programs in in New England. I think I think it's Brewster and then Putnam Academy. Like they're, they're definitely the, the top programs for sure. Um, he's from he's originally from New York, so a lot of a lot of New York guys um, play on some of these prep schools in New England. You got Putnam Academy, you got uh, Cushing Academy, you got um, some of them. You know, go up north and they play in the ones in Vermont and Maine as well. Bridgeton Academy, um, Gold Academy, Hyde Academy. um obviously Brewster Academy. So, I mean, but, yes, this is this is definitely another one of those guys that's very highly touted. Um, was it, I mean, wasn't able to really see that recent footage of him in Putnam Academy, but he, you know, he had some good uh, tape of him playing in his old uh, high school in New York, so, as far as I know, he's like he looks good on tape. He's he's 6'4, 180. Um, his strength says he has good length. Um, he's very athletic like a, a a complete athlete out there. He's I mean, and like I said he uses his length well, very good wingspan. And like I said he, you know, can make, you know, make um, highlight real dunks and hot and and alley oops. Plays well without the ball. Can cut. Can slash to the rim. Um, uses his athleticism well to be a very good defender. Can block shots from behind on the weak side. Can corral steals. As far as his weaknesses go, he's he isn't the best shooter. He's more of a slasher at this point of, of his development, but. He's capable of knocking them down, though, at a decent rate. So right now I just think um, he's really having his way at really being able to really slash to the rim. And so he really doesn't – it seems like a lot of guys tend to be more slashers than shooters early on in their careers, in their high school and, you know, college careers is because, you know, no one – has the ability? No one is basically capable of, you know, containing them. You know, there's, you know, a lot of these super athletic guys are just. It's tough to contain those guys in one-on-one situ in isolation situations, and 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 McKay Gray is is a guy that just, you know, he feasts off of that because he's just a, a world class athlete. So. I just think. Um. He's gonna do well in Putnam. Got a lot of uh, other players that are pretty good there as well that he's playing with, so that are also you know D1 caliber players. So I think he'll get an offer soon rather than later. Hasn't been committed yet, but um, he's very talented. You know, as I rated him at 37. So we'll see how he does this year. All right. So my second player, I rated at number 30. I got forward slash center Jake Cook. Let me get the notes for him. Jake Cook. All right, so the strength for him, obviously he stands at 6'9", 180. Um, right now he's going to Vermont Academy. Here's another New York kid. He's from New York as well. Um, and then, once again, he's 6'9", 180. His strengths, he's hes an athletic big that fits the modern-day big. He could stretch the floor. He's a rim runner. Um, very good at offensive rebounding, getting putbacks and stuff. Um, adequate shot blocker. Uses his length well The you know, to to get those blocks out there. Um, he also did, did just... Uh, pick up a commitment um, he's going to Long Island so I don't know if I'm going to put that on the website I'm not I can't put up every guy I'm put up most guys on there that are really big time prospects but like I probably may not put that on the website but I will let you know when these scouting reports if there is some commitments in, in, in these players because a lot of these uh, players are really committed. Committed in the past few weeks, it's been it's been pretty rapid at this time. I mean, they, they still got a year of eligibility, but they still want to get that out of the way so they can enjoy their senior season, which obviously seems pretty smart, pretty smart planning on their behalf. So I mean, yeah, but this kid is um, he really showed well in, in the tape, you know, as a guy that's gonna really. Um, be it a dominant force out there with his athletic ability. But far as his weakness will go, he's only 180 pounds. He has to get stronger. He's still very slim. I um, mean, if he wants to bang against centers in the next level, he's going to get pushed around out there, which it seems like that tends to be a lot of, you know, these younger players' issue. They just have haven't really bulked up yet, haven't really grown into their bodies and haven't really matured yet into their bodies. You know, but they're still fairly young. They still got plenty of time to do that. Um, he's still only a senior, so he can get away with that now. He's still a senior in high school, but um, he's going to have to bulk up coming into his freshman year of college, you know, this upcoming season. But uh, he's very talented. This is why I rate him at number 30. One of the more athletic bigs, I think, in, you know, the entire region for sure. Um, and then my next guy... At number 25, I got uh, Miles Foster, which he goes to Brooks School in Massachusetts. Um, he's from Worcester, so he's from Massachusetts. As far as I know, that's where he went before he went to Brooks. He was from Worcester, went to Worcester High School. Um, he's 6'7", 230, very good size. I mean... That's very good size coming to your senior year. You're gonna be, you're gonna be bodying people. You're pr- pretty much one of the bigger guys out there. Um, even though he's still playing in the prep ranks, I mean, there's a lot of big kids in the prep ranks. But he's still that's still a solid size. Um, that's why he can play power forward because of that. Um, like I said, his skill set is similar to you know to Julius Randall. Um, likes to handle the ball. Likes to play out on the perimeter you know, bring the ball up, kind of play point forward in a way, um, can face up, um, his quickness to, to, um, to get by people. He's not the quickest guy though. Like just like, even though he plays like that, like he play, he tries to use his quickness. He's not the most quickest guy, but he'd rather face up than post up. You know, he's more, like I said, he'd rather do that than, than post up. Um, uh, his wingspan is really good well over seven feet allows him to play bigger uh, like I said his night he has a really good body that like I said he uses his strength well which obviously that may not be a strength once he gets to the next level of course um he's still you know still fairly undersized if he does play power forward but his strength I mean I I still think that's good coming into you know you know coming into your senior year in high school, you still can bulk up even more, probably get to, like, maybe 240 range. I think he'll be really, you know, really solid. So, uh, you know, obviously you can keep that and build that into more, you know, more of a muscular build. Um, But like I said, his weaknesses are, obviously, like I just mentioned, his quickness is not elite. So sometimes, you know, he might be able to get it by a few, you know, slower-footed guys, but... When he's playing against more athletic bigs that are like, just, you know, that can move their feet better, he tends to like not get all the way to the rim, especially if he's driving out from the three point line or if he even drives out mid post. He still has a tough time of really getting around his defenders. Um, Like I said, my advice for him is probably to, to really truly complete his game. To, uh, to complete his skill set he's probably has to really add back to the basket game where he can post up and you know can you know add you know some hook shots and some you know you know spin moves or whatever to kind of mix it up out there so it's not just strictly face up but that's far as far as i know that's what he's most comfortable doing as of right now and that he's ha- you know he wants to continue to do that but We'll see how he, you know, how he continues to develop going to his senior year. As uh, far as number four, I got Aiden Carpenter at number 21. Um, like I said, this, like, this kid is really good. I think um, people sleep on him. You know, like I said, he just he's another guy that did also commit uh, to a school He's going to Sienna, which is in the uh, Mid-Atlantic Conference, which is, you know, a smaller school, but in, it's a school in New York. Um, but he's 6'5", 185, so pretty good size. He went to Lee Academy in Maine. Like I said, he's a solid two-way player, solid scorer, like I said, elite defender. He's, you know, he fits the mode of a prototypical lead guard. Can score as well as dish and traffic to find his teammates. Good leadership qualities and also super competitive guy. Like you know, seen I've seen a lot of um, highlights of him. You know, really kind of you know he he made a, a shot. He sh- you know very emotional guy. He you know pumped his fists and. An excitement, or just really, you know, celebrating after a nice play. Like he's a super, super competitive guy out there. He wants he wants to win. He seems like he's a guy that wants that is a winner out there. Uh, weaknesses. Um, his jump shot is a little. Um, it's not the most prettiest jump shot. It's it's a little. It lags a bit. Or just I don't know. It's just uh, it's not really a, a fluid follow through, like you see maybe, you know, you, your JJ Reddicks or you know those guys that are professionals, of course. But they have you know pinpoint you know release points on their shots. I think his needs to be reworked a bit. It needs to be a little bit more polished. Um, maybe he should you know hire Drew Hanlon or one of those shooting coaches to help him out with that. Because I don't I don't know but I mean he makes he makes a good amount of them it doesn't look you know pretty but as long as it goes in um but like I said I mean particularly you know with his polish you know he has to improve on you know a lot of his you know I wouldn't say a lot but just a few of his skills that he could definitely rework he can be somewhat robotic with those moves at times has to you know, really improve his ball handling, tighten that up a bit. It's not, I mean, he he still can, you know, get by people with his athletic ability, but, and he's not, I wouldn't say he's an elite athlete, but he's a very good athlete. But still, he has to work on that, you know, his skill set, trying to polish his skill set, it still needs to be reworked a bit at times. It's just not, it's not the most fluid, you know, skill set. But he's still very highly ranked, though, and that really didn't really, you know, really kill his ranking. He's still ranked 21. That's pretty good out of, you know, probably... I mean, who knows how many players play in, you know, in all these New England schools. I'm If you count counting prep school all the way to public schools, there's a ton of players. He's ranked 21 out of all those players, so that's saying something. All right, and then my final player to wrap... Uh, This portion of the show. Uh, Number 20 guard Cam Farish. I thought he was the most impressive that I've seen so far. And this is where the talent level is like elite. Like these guys are like kind of getting to the point that they're elite players. Um, They're recognized around the entire country. Cam Farish is ranked. I believe Cam Farish is ranked in the ESPN 150. If I'm not mistaken, so this kid's a stud. Like I've seen the footage, man. He's a ridiculous athlete. He originally played in, uh, he originally played high school ball in Vermont. Um, I think he went to Rice Memorial. Then he transferred out of there. Now he's now he's playing for Redemption Christian for a senior year, which is in Massachusetts. He, the kid is talented. 6'3", 170. Um, like I said, a ridiculous athlete, lights out shooter, a confident shooter, feels like he can shoot it from anywhere. We all know that's a rare combination to be a a freak athlete as well as a lights out shooter. Usually those guys tend to be NBA superstars. (laughs) Like usually those guys end up being NBA superstars. You know, those guys that are athletic as well as good shooters. Translates to NBA superstar. So this is why he's ranked so high, and this is why he's in the ESPN 150 for a reason. Because like he's, he has the potential to be an NBA player. Like it, it just shows like he has the potential for, to be an NBA player. Um, like I said, good ball handler, can break his defender down off the dribble, very quick first step. Can blow by most people out there. Solid finisher with both hands. He's just a flat-out playmaker out there. And then his weaknesses, I guess, his competition. He played in Vermont. Um, not really, uh, really, not really great competition. So this is, good. I mean, scouts are going to be really paying attention to see how he does playing with a, a more of a high-level competition this upcoming year. Playing for a redemption Christian, which they play against, you know, uh, teams that are pretty good, you know, in the prep ranks, you know, particularly in Massachusetts and probably out, out of state. So we'll have to see how he does, see if he continues to dominate. But, yeah, as far as I know, that's the only knack that I've seen has the potential to be a pretty good defender as well. So, like I said, has good two way potential like. Just like Aiden Carpenter has good two-way potential, he he has the same thing. His athletic ability is 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 through the roof, and we'll have to see what he does, and we'll, we'll see who he commits to. He's still uncommitted yet, so that's gonna be exciting to see what he what team he'll pick. Uh, you know, coming into this upcoming senior year for him. All right, so we're gonna get into the last part of the show. The New England top ten for uh, college basketball. Um, like I said, we're wrapping it up. We're gonna get through one through four to end the night. All right, so let's get to it. At number four, um, one of my favorite schools. One of my pretty much. I'm pretty much a fan of this school. Even though obviously they've given me a lot of a lot of grief over the years, but as a fan, you're gonna stay loyal to your team no matter what. You know, even though people mock them, ridicule them, say they're 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 a trash program, I'm still gonna support them no matter what because I feel like they're the best Division One program in New England. I, in my opinion, in my opinion, they play in the ACC for a reason because they they recruit the best talent. And, you know, previously they played in the Big East. And, you know, they had their moments with Al Skinner and company. I'm pretty sure you know by now, I mentioned Al, Ken- Al Skinner. Uh, so, number four is Boston College. Boston College Eagles. That's my number four team. And, like I said, you know, particularly because they play, you know, in the Power Five Conference, ACC. So, obviously, you're going to have, you're going to bring in some talent, you know, you know, comparing to all the other teams out in the New England region, you're probably one of the few teams that play in a power conference. So it definitely benefits them. And like I said, their, their recruiting class obviously is going to be unbelievable. I cannot wait. They just, uh, uh, like I said, they just signed um, DeMar, DeMar Langford. So he is an ESPN 150 recruit for you know 2020 uh he plays for the star-studded brewster academy squad which we all know showcases matt cross terrence clark which we all know you know he's going to be the probably the top player in in 2021 um also jamal mashburn jr plays for brewster academy as well that's jamal mashburn's uh, uh son which you all know he's an nba player uh that uh NBA legend that played, you know, in the 90s. You know, he's famous for playing for the Charlotte Hornets and the Miami Heat. So they have a lot of star power on that team. And he, you know, DeMar Langford plays on it. So like I said, it's going to be a great recruiting class. They also was able to get um, a big uh, big center, Justin, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, Justin Van or. I believe his uh oh, Justin Vanderbond Justin Vanderbond that's his name. Uh he, like as he's, he's he's from uh Canada. But uh he's like a 3-star recruit and then obviously uh uh Demar Langford's a 4-star recruit. So I mean though I mean as you I think I have Justin uh Vanderbond ranked in my top 100. Let me just check to see what that is real quick. I ranked him I'm pretty sure I ranked them pretty high. Or I might have not have ranked them yet. I don't know. I thought I ranked them. That's I might have not have ranked them. Well, looks like I didn't rank them. But I. That's weird. I, I could have sworn. I. I, I think I always get him, uh, always get him confused with uh, Sam Thompson, which Sam Thompson already got. Uh, he already committed to Colgate. I think he probably might be in the top twenty, believe it or not. I, I just don't think he's. You know, I didn't rank him yet. So he obviously he's he's a little bit better than you know, you know twenty through forty range. So I mean, if that's the case, BC got two. Guys in my New England top 20. Because, you know, Lamar Lankford's definitely going to be in the top 20 for sure. So, yeah, moving on. (laughs) Got a sidetrack. But, yeah, like, you know, the Eagles lost Kai Bowman to the NBA. So they had to replace him somehow, some way. Um, They just just brought in the transfer from USC. Um, His name is uh, Derek Thornton. Which we all know. I mean, he's been flirting with the NBA. Um, he's a grad transfer, but uh Hopefully, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's an NBA player. But I think he's gonna really do a good job of scoring for this team. Um, because obviously Kai, ba- Kai Bowman was a huge loss. He did everything for them: rebound, assist, score. I mean, he did everything for them. And, um, they also, you know, they're bringing back a few other guys that, you know, that can really help the scoring load out. Uh, Nick Popovich is probably their best player or most experienced player that's coming back. Um, he's pretty good. He has, got, he's got pretty good size. You know, 6'11, I believe 240, 245 pounds. Like, he's got really good size, close to 250. And, like I said, he could stretch the floor. He's a, um, pick-and-pop type of guy can, you know, can score inside as well, and then you got the Hamilton brothers, which I think they're still fairly young, but they give the, the front court some some death, and then obviously, you know, for the backcourt, um, they, they're going to lean on sophomore Winston Tabs, which was like the third leading scorer last year, averaged about close to uh, 11 to 10 points a game, so... Um, if I had to say the strength, I would probably say um, obviously their um, backcourt is going to be really really good. They got a lot of players, you know. Also, they have Chris Heron, um, Chris Heron Jr. He also plays as well for BC, so you got you got a lot of good backcourt scoring, a lot of uh, good backcourt help. Um, they also got a, a kid that's pretty good, that um, very athletic player, Cal. Uh, Uh, For for the 2019 recruiting class, you got Calvin Felder, which he's from South Carolina. I mean, kid's a freak athlete. Like I said, likes to face up, likes to drive, you know, kind of play more of a, um, you know, a face-up big Zach Randolph type of, he plays a lot like Zach Randolph. Like, he likes to face up and drive and stuff like that. So he's... He's definitely going to give B.C. Um, some boost until, obviously, the the great class of 2020. And then also to mention, uh, the reason why DeMar Langford uh, decided to pick B.C. over, you know, he had a lot of good choices. He decided to pick B.C. because his father had connections with the school. Uh, his father got coached by one of the assistant coaches, uh, current um, assistant coaches, Um that's coaching for BC right now. And then his brother uh, uh, is transferring next year. Uh, Makai Langston Langford is, I believe that's his middle name, but yeah, Makai uh, Langford, he's going to be committing to, he's going to be transferring to BC next year. So basically he wants to play with his brother. So, it's a lot of you know a lot of family connections why he was able to, why he chose BC and so just right It's all sometimes it all comes down to time and sometimes you know obviously this is probably the best you know commit that BC's had in a long time you have to go way back to like Craig Smith and Jared Dugley and um a few other guys that are really unheralded that were really highly recruited but like I don't think uh, this recruit I think this recruit beats out all those other guys by by a pretty long shot. so what we'll see how BC does. I think they're gonna be a team that's gonna be good, but I don't think they're gonna be you know, I think they're gonna be a more of a middling team in the ACC possibly a s- seventh, maybe eighth spot in the ACC. I mean I'm not really high on them this year. We all know the ACC is one of the best conferences in the country. So, I'm not really high on them this year. Next year is the year where they actually will will have some expectations. Like, you bring in a, a recruit like DeMar Langford, you, and then obviously, you know, a lot of the youth that they have in, on this team, which it is a pretty fairly young team right now, are going to really come into their own next year. So... They do lose Nate Popovich next year, but they're gonna bring in you know a lot more talent, you know, and they have the youth will be more developed coming into this year. I mean, coming into the you know the the following year after this year. So I think they'll be much more deeper next year. So yeah. So I mean, it, I mean, four is good. That's good. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna beat some teams here and there. But like I said, once they hit conference play, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough sledding for them. And I, I just don't see them winning it. I don't see them being a tournament team. It's just I'm just being realistic. It's just they're, they're just not that good enough to be a tournament team. All right. So number three, um, which I feel like probably will be in a, a tournament team because they play in a more of a weaker conference than the ACC. In the American Conference, you got the Yukon Huskies at number three. Um, basically, for them, they their recruiting class was pretty good this year. Like they definitely, uh, they're basically this recruiting class is basically what BC will have next year. Um, they were able to get uh, guard James Brunet. Um, were able to uh, get a late addition in Richard's Richie Springs, which he's a forward which is, you know, a very athletic big guy. So, and obviously I feel like they have a lot of depth, especially in the backcourt. Um, they're bringing in transfer R.J. Cole, which he transferred from uh, Hampton. He was, like, one of the better scorers in college last year. So I don't know if he's going to be eligible for this year, but if he is, um, I mean, he's he's probably the dynamic scorer that they haven't had in years probably since maybe Kimball Walker's, you know, worn that jersey. So it's been a while. I mean, maybe Shabazz Napier kind of gave us a little glimpse of that as well. You know, Shabazz Napier was pretty good those years as well when he was playing. But their their death is definitely the guard position. But they have a few guys they can rotate out, you know, in the front court. But they're going to really rely on their guards to really – Make hay for them. And like I said, the recruiting class, um, like I said, and probably, like I said, you, and let me, let's mention the guards before you mention the recruiting class. Christian uh, Vidal is, you know, returning for them. You know, Atarik Gilbert is also returning for them. And then obviously in the front court, 610 for Josh Carlton is returning as well. So they got they got a lot of pieces coming back as well as they added a lot as well with recruiting and also the guard play with our RJ Cole and company. So I expect UConn to be probably a team that's gonna probably win the American and. They're probably gonna they're probably gonna have a tournament bid. Like this is probably one of the better UConn teams they've had in a long time. Um I know Kevin Hawley had a few of them. You all know Kevin Hawley's not coaching anymore for them, but Kevin Hawley had a few, you know, pretty decent teams with you know, obviously the Spats Napier team was pretty good. They made to the tournament a couple years ago. So they haven't had success since that team, so they should have a really um, good bounce-back year. Obviously, they've been, you know, they were in trouble with NCAA. Uh, um, you know, they broke uh, NCAA rules with recruiting and companies, so that's what really set them back. But I think they're back this year. The recruiting was very strong. Um, 247 Sports uh, rated their uh, recruiting class at number 18. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty good out of, like, a good 230-something schools, you know, in, D- in Division One. All right, so number two, which we're getting to the last two teams, which we probably think are the, you know, they definitely should be, you know, close to locks to, you know, being in the tournament. Um, number two is Providence Friars. You know, probably the best, you know, Rhode Island college to go to for basketball and. It's because they're just—they got a really good coach um, Ed Cooley, one of the best coaches in the country. Um, it's the reason why Team USA was—I um, believe he coached the Team USA, one of the one of the Team USA amateur teams he coached this summer, or I believe the previous summer. So I mean, he's he's getting some, you know, looks from Team USA, you know, coaches. That's how highly uh, highly um, regarded he is in his craft. so I think he's one of the best recruiters in the country as well. Um, he brought in a pretty decent recruiting class. Um, he got he brought in four star recruit uh, Ford Greg Gant a very good player and then you know they're returning you know a pretty good amount of talent. Their backcourt is going to be strong. They're bringing back Alpha Diallo, but then they're also bringing in the transfer Luwan Pimpkins from UMass, which Luwan Pimpkins was a very good scorer for UMass last year. You're bringing that guy in there with Alpha Diallo, which Alpha Diallo does everything for Providence: rebounds, defense, scores. Like he does, he did everything. He's kind of, they're kind of like you know totally different players. You know, is more of a physical guy, more of a slasher out there. Pippins can do the same thing, but also is a much, much better shooter. So, but overall, I just think, you know, Pimpkins is a pure scorer that, you know, they, they lacked a lot of that last year. They really weren't the best offensive team. So, uh, Pimpkins is definitely going to help out on that in that aspect. Um. But yeah, like that's pretty much it uh with that AG EG Reeves is probably one of the better returning players. He's from Roxbury, Mass. Uh he probably be a, a you know, a guard that they can go to and coming off the bench to back up Pimpkins and uh and Alpha Diallo. So We'll have to see how they do, but I feel like they're, you know, they play in the Big East, which is a pretty tough conference. But I, I mean, I would say they're probably going to be, you know, flirting with, you know, winning the Big East, if not close to it. But I, um, I see them winning it. Uh, I see them getting about twenty something wins this year and probably getting into the tournament. And then finally, to, to wrap it up, number one. It's probably, I think, the most impressive team, and they've been a, a definitely a, a high-rising team over the years. Number one, you got the Harvard Crimson, which I thought was kind of a crazy thing to be making a Ivy League team the number one team. When you have you have ACT team, you got a Big East team in Providence. I mean, ACC team with BC, of course, and then, obviously, you know you got Providence, you got UConn in the American. We all we all know UConn has had an unbelievable history, and probably one of the most you know decorated basketball programs in the country. Harvard is number one because I just think as of right now, Harvard is doing all the right things. They got a head coach that is probably one of the longest tenure coaches in the country, in uh, Tommy Amaker. Uh, so they have some stability um, it's, it's probably one of the most most respectable programs and obviously they have high academic merits but they're still are able to recruit pretty well and they, they're able to recruit nationally. They can pretty much get any player in, in any state in the entire country because you know as well as you know the, you know the, the obviously the academics are like through the roof, you still, they still have a respectable basketball program. Um, and far as like getting those recruits, uh, they were able to get the best, uh, Massachusetts player. Um, they were able to get Ford Chris Ledlam, which he was like the Gatorade player of the year in Massachusetts last year. Um, so that that was, you know, good. They able to get that guy. Obviously, I mentioned that they got, uh, the Cummins kid, they also got another, uh, Another, They just recently just got a four-star, like not too long ago, that's going to be for the 2021 class. So, the, I mean, they're stacked, man. Their their program is, is 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 at a high. Their program is really, you know, it's taking a lot of strides right now. Um, and plus right now, I mean, you could say that they have potentially two NBA players on their team right now. Um, Bryce Eichen, which had an unbelievable season last year. Um, he averaged about twenty-two a game last year. Um, people are comparing him to Kyrie Irving when it comes down to his handles and his ball handling ability. Um, he's, you know, he really is, um, you know, a guy that can really handle the ball, and he's fun to watch out there. Um, also, Seth Towns, a good two-way player um he's definitely look looking you know nba is looking at him and then they have a lot of other guys that you know you you don't you can't you don't even, like people don't even talk about them but they're just really good you know you know pieces around those two two guys that really going to make harvard a really tough out this year i think they're a team that they're gonna be obviously to be the favorite to win the Ivy League this year, but I think they'll be one of the Cinderellas this year. I think they're gonna be one of the teams that you have to really look out for as a team that could be, you know, get into a possible Sweet 16 if they get the, get in the right bracket, or or they get they just have a chance to really surprise a lot of teams. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you guys updated with them. I think they're a team that I like to keep an eye on throughout the year. Because I just think they're gonna have a strong year. I think they might have a, you know, twenty-five, thirty-win type of season. That's that's pretty much what I'm I'm predicting. I think they'll probably win twenty-five to thirty games because their schedule isn't gonna be that strong. But they're still gonna have a few games where, you know, they'll be on TV and you'll get to see how talented they really are. So they're probably gonna have a twenty-five to thirty-win season. That's that's what I, what I'm gonna um, put my money on. All right, so this, like I said, this segment always ends up being extremely long, but yeah, it's almost about an hour. As I just looked at, it's about fifty-two something minutes. But yeah, it's it's a lot of information, so I had to get through it, but I got through it. Um, next week we're gonna have the, um, we're gonna ha- we're gonna go complete the. You know the top 100 list, one through 20. So stay tuned for that next week. We'll also get into you know, you know Celtics talk and see how you know how they did against the Hornets. You know that's their first preseason game of of the season. So we'll see how the you know how the Celtics did with that. You know, see we'll have some evaluations on you know how each player did and how they performed. Um. We'll also get, you know, some, you know, headlines around the league, around the NBA. We'll also get into that. Anything that's really hot, hot, hot in the collar, hot, you know, pretty much the hot stove for the NBA. We'll get into all those, you know, all those, um you know, those notes and items. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, my name is My name is Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Ness Podcast. I'm out. Peace.